You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number four of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast where we take a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. As usual, I'm your boy, Leroy. Hey, gang, how's it hanging? All right, dead silence as usual. It's never really a great idea to ask a question when you're alone in a room, is it? Even if you guys are screaming, we're doing awesome, Leroy, at the top of your lungs, which I'm sure you are. I'm always met with crickets on this end. That's okay, though. You don't even have to be super jazzed for this podcast. I know it's kind of short, just little old me here. Maybe this is just an appetizer before your main course. I'm alright with you listening to this while you're putting your makeup on, maybe getting your nails done, while you're getting ready to hang out with your number one show. Because I know when the night is winding down, and you're so tired from getting drilled, just getting your world rocked by your favorite podcast, I'll be there to whisper sweet nothings into your ear. Maybe rub your back as you fall asleep. (laughs) This is falling off the rails pretty quickly. I guess my point is, I'm just happy you're listening. Let's leave it at that. Ah, yes. The minivan is fired up, and not a moment too soon. Hop in and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to have you back home in time for your date. Thank you.
Number one, like yourself. Number two, you have to eat healthy. And number three, you gotta squeeze your buns. That's my formula. Richard Simmons. I still remember the first time I got yelled at by an adult. Well, one that wasn't a family member, a stranger. I was five years old and shopping at the local IGA with my mom. We were in the produce section. There was a giant bin full of plump, juicy oranges. So many so that a couple of them had spilled over and onto the floor. Suddenly I was overwhelmed with the urge to walk over and squish one with my foot. So I did. And it felt amazing. That is until I heard, Hey, cut it out, kid! Aw man, what a buzzkill. I looked over to see the stock boy, or in this case, stock man, pointing at me in anger. So my mom says to the guy, Excuse me? He tells her what he saw, and they get into a little back-and-forth argument. Then the manager shows up to remedy the situation. He says, nah, he's a good kid. It was an accident. This manager, you see, well, he had the hots for my mom. According to her, anyways. He had a wife and kids, too. A family man. Now I feel like I'm just totally gossiping here. <laughs> Completely irrelevant to the story. As I'm sure, it wasn't in the store's best interest to have one of their employees yelling at a mother and a small child for squishing a piece of fruit. Fruit that was already compromised and shouldn't have been on the floor in the first place. Luckily, they didn't check the cameras to confirm my actions, although I'm sure there weren't any. This was 1987, a different time. The cashier was probably having a smoke, while a musical version of Dude Looks Like a Lady played softly in the background. In actuality, I was a pretty good kid, so I ended up carrying some guilt around from that whole situation. I wish five-year-old me could have listened to this upcoming story, though, because the perpetrator in this episode would have made that guilt dissipate very quickly as my lone careless act pales in comparison. So let's let the madness begin, shall we? Episode number four, The Pennsylvania Pitcher. Our story today takes place about 25 miles from Philly. We're headed to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, US of A, where there is absolute pandemonium in a few grocery stores in the area. Cookies, bread, buns are getting squished beyond repair. Unsalvageable. Fubard. Okay, well, I may be exaggerating the whole panic of the situation a little, but there are definitely whispers, gossip flying between the vendors, distributors, and store clerks about a pastry saboteur amongst them. Before we get our hands too deep in the dough here, I need to set the scene. I spelt need, K-N-E-A-D. Hilarious if you read it. You're just going to have to trust me on that one. If you're punching yourself in the face right now because you never heard of the story, then please stop. It's understandable. This is going down in the late 90s, 1997 to 1999 to be exact. It was a busy time. Movies such as The Big Lebowski, American Pie, and Austin Powers were hitting the theaters. Groovy, baby. I apologize, I can do better than that. Hold on. That's shagadelic, baby. Okay, that might have actually been even worse. I'll have to edit that out. In 1999, when this whole story went public, Smash Mouth was releasing their second album entitled Astro Lounge, which included hits such as All Star and I Can't Get Enough of You Baby. Yes, it's true. And while Michael Jordan was leading the Bulls to yet another championship, his career winding down, there was a mystery man working on cementing a legacy of his own. Only instead of on a basketball court, he was putting in work in the baked goods section of grocery stores across the Bucks County area. 
The destruction was happening at five different stores, but the main one being Giant Food Supermarket, which was located in Lower Makefield. They estimate over a three-year period that $8,000 worth of cookies and bread were decimated. Shoppers were growing quite curious as to what was going on with the product at the store. I mean, he was making them look pretty bad having so many damaged items on the shelves. They ended up trying a couple of different tactics to catch the culprit before finally installing a security camera to catch him in the act. It's crazy to think of what you could have got away with back in the day. This wasn't even that long ago, like a little over 20 years ago. Yet they still didn't have cameras in this store. Uh, these days, almost everyone has cell phones, which means everyone has a camera on hand at any given moment. You don't even have to wait for the pictures to get developed, either. There's cameras everywhere if you take a moment to look around. At least the appearance of cameras. Criminals didn't realize how spoiled they used to be. Here's a couple of quotes from then-store manager Jay Zelt via an ABC News article from 2006. Quote, He was pretty good at it. Very quick. There's plenty of people laughing about it now, but at the time it was going on, it was a very serious situation. End quote. No doubt. Especially being the store manager, I'm sure the heat was on. Lots of pressure to put a stop to the damage. They had to baguette this guy as soon as possible. So to watch over the aisle, they hired a couple of extra security goons to stand guard. Yet somehow, almost every day, the mystery shopper would find a way to work his magic right under their noses. I can't help but think of this like a scene from a prison movie. As soon as the guards turn their backs for a second, you see this guy approaching with a homemade shank, just going, chit chit and leaving bread spilling to the ground before blending into a crowd of people and disappearing without a trace. In the end, it was one of the cookie companies that got fed up, so they hooked up one of their retailers with video equipment to surveil the store. So what was it? Kids trying to get their grubby paws in the cookie jar? Pesky no-good teenagers? Competition looking to wipe them off the map? Oh, the suspense is killing you, isn't it? Turns out it was none of the above. It appeared to just be a regular average Joe. A middle-aged man, seemingly just going about his daily chores. A man by the name of Samuel Feldman. He was an advertising executive, 37 years of age. A man who appeared to have a fetish for all things British. Eventually, Mr. Feldman had his day in court. His wife, Sharon, even stood up for him. Standing by her, man. And almost making him sound like a superhero of sorts, as she tried to convince the skeptical jury that he's just a very picky shopper. Freshness is important to Samuel, and he just wanted to get the very best for his family. I'm kind of paraphrasing what she said there, but she sounds like a pretty cool lady. Very loyal. Perhaps under her hubby's spell a bit. No doubt Samuel had those busy hands working overtime at home, too. Okay, now we're going to take a minute here to really evaluate the situation. And our behavior as well. We all want the very best for ourselves. For our families. 100%. I can get on board with that. And I'm sure we're all guilty of testing out the merchandise a little to get the best bang for our buck. I'm no angel. For example, I was at the local farmer's market just last year. And I saw some nice melons and decided to give them a squeeze. Got slapped for it, but that's besides the point. When I see some nice firm buns at the bakery, I might give them a quick squeeze just to see how they bounce back. Sorry, I have one more. <laughs> just one more, I promise. In fact, just last week I was at Walmart, in the bread aisle. I had a bad stomach ache, so I went and I pinched a loaf. Anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm being kind of silly here, but in all seriousness, this guy took things to the extreme. There was overwhelming evidence that he was doing more than just testing for freshness. 
I mean, he poked big holes in these bread bags. And the cookies, those poor cookies. You know those jam-filled ones? Something your grandma might buy as a snack to go along with a cup of tea? Yeah, he'd ram his thumb all up in there. Just absolutely manhandle them. Quite disgusting, really. We'll get into some numbers in a moment here. So the cameras actually caught Samuel in the act on seven separate occasions. Enough time to know it was definitely him, to develop a real pattern. And I'm sure these numbers are very generous. It was definitely much more over the years, and at a variety of stores in the area as well. But they said he destroyed about $800 worth of cookies, 227 bags of potato dinner rolls, 175 bags of bagels, and this is huge, 3,087 loaves of bread. Damn, son. When viewing surveillance tapes from the giant food supermarket, Feldman's defense attorneys claimed he was just checking for freshness and that he wasn't responsible for all the previous destruction beforehand. The stuff not caught on camera. How convenient. And they also didn't check for fingerprints, which I'm sure they reserved the fingerprint checking for more serious crimes. I mean, they got this fool on camera. Feldman was defended fairly well, though, with his lawyer putting up some decent arguments. Pure bullshit, really, though. But hey, everyone deserves the right to a solid defense. And they helped him get off pretty easy. So they had a jury settling this, which... I thought juries were reserved for more serious crimes than this. I've always dreaded the call for jury duty, mostly because of the seriousness of the situation. But this is a case I can get on board with. It took six whole hours, but they ended up finding him guilty. But only of damaging cookies, not the bread. Don't ask me how they came up with that one. The judge, the Honorable David Heckler, took matters into his own hands and had the decision reversed. He ends up convicting Feldman on two counts of criminal mischief, one for the damaging of the bread, and one for the cookies, less than $1,000. He made sure Feldman avoided jail time as well, which I agree with. Jails are pretty full as it is. We don't need this guy clogging up the system. But he definitely needs to be shamed and punished in other ways. I'm sure the embarrassment of getting caught and having his dirty laundry aired for everyone to see was awful for him. But he wasn't going to stop until he got caught. He received 90 days probation, and like I said, avoided jail time as long as he agreed to get psychiatric treatment from a professional. A supermarket in Yardley was also trying to sue Feldman for thousands of dollars worth of damage. I couldn't find anything else on that matter, which leads me to believe it didn't go through. Since all of this went down, Feldman, who I'm sure was getting some unwanted attention, transferred to Las Vegas, where I'm sure he's a better fit. They got all types of people over there. Shout out to Vegas. In researching this case, I couldn't get Samuel Feldman's name out of my head. It was bothering me, keeping me up at night. Feldman. Feldman. Where do I know that name? Then it hit me. Of course. Former child star and 80s, 90s icon Corey Feldman. That's it. He's actually the star of two movies in my top ten, being Stand By Me and The Burbs. Love that guy. I reached out to Corey on one of my various Twitter accounts regarding this case, asking him if he was perhaps related to Samuel. A quick Google search revealed Corey does have a couple of brothers named Eden and Devin. A couple of sisters too, big family, but no dice. Perhaps Samuel could be a cousin or uncle or some type of relative. So I asked Corey, but he was unavailable for comment. So I can neither confirm or deny that there's a link there. I'm leaning on the side of yes. I also encourage you guys to reach out to him as well. He's a popular guy, but with enough prodding, maybe we can get an answer from him and settle this once and for all. 
It's important to note that Corey Feldman was charged with possession of marijuana, driving under a suspended license, and speeding just back in 2017. So the criminal lifestyle does run in the family. I thought about attempting to track down Samuel Feldman. He was 37 when he was caught 21 years ago, which would make him 58 right now. So naturally, Facebook, I thought, would be a great start. It's where all the boomers love to hang out. There were quite a few Samuel Feldmans I was surprised to see. One in Pittsburgh that might have been him. I don't know what I was going to say. Hey man, are, are you that guy that was squeezing buns and cookies and shit in the late 90s? If so, want to talk about it on my brand new podcast? It would definitely be a dead end. He's one of those guys who I kind of despise. He handled the situation in a childish manner. Like a killer who gets caught by DNA. Fingerprints at the scene, all that. So much overwhelming evidence and they still deny, deny, deny. No accountability. Feldman wreaked havoc at these grocery stores in the late 90s in an epic game of cat and mouse. He eventually got caught on camera on several occasions. Like, the cat's out of the bag, bud. So he should have just manned up and admitted it. But he didn't. Lame excuses. He's just a picky shopper. Yeah, right. There was something else there. More than that. Unfortunately, I don't think in talking to him that I was going to squeeze any new information out of him. Pardon the pun. Now, to finish this off, I'm not sure what conclusions a healthcare professional came up with in regards to our boy Sammy Feldman. Although I did come up with a couple of findings on the internet. There's a lady. Goes by the name of Breadface on Instagram. Uh, she <laughs> she went viral with numerous videos of her smashing her face seductively into uh, different varieties of fresh breads. It's a fetish of sorts, and although skeptical, after watching a few videos, I gotta admit, I get it. I was kind of into it. There's also even a word I didn't know about called yeastiality, which according to Urban Dictionary is a fetish which involves having sex with any form of baked goods or pastry. According to kinkly.com, <laughs> which I frequent quite frequently, they also explain that someone with yeastiality is turned on by the wafting sense of baked goods and rising yeast. Along with making love to baked goods, they are highly attracted to partners with yeast infections. Maybe I'm way off topic with this. Feldman likely had some form of impulse control issues, but it was definitely fun to go down that wormhole. I'm sure I'll go back again. But he definitely could have avoided embarrassment had he just made love to a warm apple pie in the comfort of his home, if that were the case. And on that note, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number four. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Something I may do in the future is find someone with a mental health background you know, a psychiatrist or psychologist, someone who studied human behavior, something along those lines, and I'll get them to kind of weigh in on uh, some of these cases, give us their thoughts, best educated guesses on what they think is going on with some of the individuals in the stories. Uh, So far, I'd say the Mad Pooper and now the Pennsylvania Pincher are the two that come to mind. I do my best to give my opinion, but let's face it, I don't really know. When it's warranted... I think getting an assessment from someone with that type of background could add an extra layer to the show. Give this thing a little more credibility, if that's at all possible. Also, anyone who comes across any ideas they think would suit the show, hit me up with an email or a message. I'm only one guy, so surely there are definitely some cool stories out there that I may not come across. Something in your hometown, perhaps. 
If I use your idea, I'll even give you a shout-out on the show. Exciting, I know. Maybe you're even involved in a crime, victim or perpetrator, or somehow linked, and I can interview you, and we can, uh, you know, get a real inside scoop on the case. Keep in mind the premise of the show, softcore crimes, nothing too extreme. I don't need any pedophiles or other creeps sliding into my DMs. Before we head out, I do have a promo to play for you here. It comes from my boy Cambo, the host of an amazing podcast called True Crime Island. I love the vibe of the show and his gritty, tell-it-like-it-is attitude. Plus, he's Australian, so he sounds amazing. So give him a go if you're in the market for another top-notch podcast to listen to. As for me, I'll be right back here in 10 days' time with another petty thug for you. Man, I need a slick catchphrase to sign off with, but as of right now, I got nothing. So take care, everyone. Bye-bye now. Take it away, Cambo. the host of True Crime Island podcast and now YouTube channel. Do you get angry when you listen to true crime? Well, so do I. So grab a beer and pull up a deck chair and tune in to True Crime Island and maintain the rage with me as I say what you're thinking. Search for True Crime Island on your favourite audio podcatcher and now with added video goodness on the True Crime Island YouTube channel. Boom fuckalunga. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.